Winches and scallywags, rugrats over 18 years of age, prudes avert your ears and eyes. The Asylum Studio brings to you a show to bend your mind and implode your morals. Ethics be damned. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Chaos and Disorder. Woo, welcome back into the now nationally acclaimed Chaos and Disorder. I am your host with the most, the talent, Rick Flieger. Joined, as always, by anger and disgust personified, the beer-swilling bloviation machine, creepy Uncle Rick Briggs. And over there on the ones and twos, still figuring out which of the two buttons he needs to push to get this show on the air, the half-wit hipster, Mr. Alejandro Finkelstein. You can check out all of Rick Briggs' drunken pontification on the tweeters at Chaos and Disorder. Take a look at my latest list of 80 sitcom old lady hotties on Facebook at Chaos and Disorder Pod. And if you want to be a part of the show, send all of your questions, comments, and queries to our one and only email box, grannyspumpsandabumps at hotmail.com. And if that box happens to be full, well, we only got the one. There's only the one. <laughs> he deserves the horns on that one. But if that one happens to be full, asylumfootball at gmail.com or chaos and disorder pod at gmail.com. And you know what, Rick? I don't. I don't. Well, we owe we owe our listeners and the voters out there thanks because the voters. Hey, we are number 18 in Podcast Magazine's Hot 50 podcast for May of this year. Wow. Yes, indeed. Just came out. Of course, the voting's from April, but they presented at the oh, beginning well, of May. Because yeah, they're slackers like we are. That's how, how we get on such a list. That's kind of a big deal. Yeah. I don't think we've been voted top 50 of anything other than most likely to die early. Is that a blank beer can? Is there, like, nothing on that? There is an image of a ruffed grouse. <laughs> it just looks like a gray can. It's grouse Beer. piss. <laughs> just swill. <laughs> yeah, it's grouse piss. It's a, what, what was that beer? I remember it even when I was a teenager. It was just a, a black can, and it looked like, or a white can, I'm sorry, and generic. a black stencil that just said beer. It was generic. <laughs> that was when they started coming out with generic everything so they don't Crackers. make generic beer anymore no i've never seen such a, i well, never even anheuser-busch does but i mean <laughs> you know why do you insult the great anheuser-busch corporation <laughs> i find it quite delicious of course you do although i can't drink much bud it gives me the fills me up makes my tummy hurt well maybe you ought to try miller light it's less filling i don't like miller light i never did see i think that was always when it came to those type of beers you see i i when I was younger, I liked Miller Lite, but I didn't like Bud Lite. And there was a lot of people the same way. You know, they would like Silver Bullet or whatever. Yeah, you know? yeah no, that I, I like. Yeah, it was probably, to me, it was like Miller Lite, Coors, and then the Bud Lite. And then you were probably just the opposite. Yeah. So, Just found out beer was made by Miller. Oh, was it? Yep. Oh, wow. So what, was that just what they squeezed out of the... The mop when they were done mopping the floors at the end of the day. <laughs> the bottom of the barrel of the bottom of the barrel. Yeah. yeah. Literally, the bottom of the barrel. Whatever was hanging around down there. Did you ever have the Bud Light Platinum? Of course you didn't. I bought no. it once just because it's yes. got a pretty purple bottle, and it makes one. me feel like a baller. That, that stuff messes me up. I did have one of those. You said, here, try one of these. Oh, things. it probably came right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, all right. so there yeah. You go. I, I find that quite delicious. And also, you let me, and I thought it was pretty good too what was it was wasn't it budweiser like copper or something of that oh yeah what was that they was it a red beer or something yeah, yeah they had some they were them little short pony right. looking bottles yeah. yeah i don't think they make that anymore that stuff was pretty i like a red beer yeah it wasn't too bad although I, it I, f's me up i'll be <laughs> swinging from the chandelier well i mean it's three at three red beers and these pants are coming off pal there's let, nothing i can do to keep them on <laughs> woot woot yeah woot woot <laughs> And I, I've witnessed you drunk many times. Sometimes I get real quiet, real sometimes reserved. Sometimes you're on, sometimes you're not. I mean, it's three beers and you're, and you're canned, or it's like till midnight, and then you're totally obnoxious no, until then. No. It happens quick, though. I'm like a light switch. There's no, there's no easing into it. It's just I'm sober, I'm sober, I'm sober, I'm sober. Pants are off. Or... 
you become very philosophical. Uh, well, as we told that story one time. Well, I have uh, I have a vast amount of knowledge, a wealth of knowledge in this head, but I, I work hard every day to suppress it because I don't want to make plebes such as you two feel bad about yourselves. And so I think the alcohol then lets it out. I got it's like the pressure. You're valve. like Einstein. You know? Yeah, it's yeah, like the pressure yeah. valve. Then it all right. comes flying out, and I solve all the world's problems. Saw a humorous story. Humorous, um, you say. Albert Einstein, when he was when he escaped Germany, you know, Nazi Germany or whatever, <clears throat> pardon me, and came over to the United States, he was here a while, and he told, I don't know, of course he had connections, he was pretty famous and everything, he, he wanted to meet Charlie Chaplin. So sometime in like the, the 30s, he met Charlie Chaplin, and he told Charlie Chaplin, he goes, I have always been amazed by you and he says why he says because you make entire full-length feature films and say nothing yet the whole country knows what you're saying that's like me and charlie chaplin looked at him and says you're even more amazing and he says why is that he goes you talk all the time and nobody knows anything what you're saying (laughs) and say nothing (laughs) that's like you so yeah that would make me charlie chaplin and you, yeah, Einstein. Albert Einstein. Exactly. There we go. There I'm we go. smart. I'm smart. Well, we better get into it. I, I'm, I'm serving a half uh, half but, show suspension. Yes, here, you dude. are. But uh, yes, get on. Um, it's twi- yeah. Tell twi- them where to vote. Twitter. You can. Uh, it, it is at the podcast mag, but it is actually podcastmagazine.com, and look under Hot Fifty Voting and uh, get your votes in for your boys here. We appreciate it. Yes, vote for us. If we get into the top five at any point in time. Give me another gift card for somebody, huh? Finkelstein, <laughs> we will go video, and Finkelstein will do every show sans pantaloons. Okay. Are you listening, ladies? <laughs> there it is. Now if that's what we you will want. not even make the top 50 because <laughs> nah, everybody wants to see that. Fear. I might even go in and vote if I can get him out of those dungarees. I'll tell you that much right now. Oh, buddy. Yeah. Now, you hear the footsteps. Here comes Mitch. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, but i I got to serve that uh, half-show suspension. I, I was telling Rick before the show, so this, so this was unfortunate for me. Yeah, I, I still don't, 44 years old, I still don't understand the world and how women or children work. So I have a vague recollection of about this time last week being told that my daughter has a chorus concert at the high school, which just sounds awful, right? Just sounds terrible. And like everything that is ever said to me, it went in one ear and went out the other, and I never thought about it again. And I stopped home before I came into the studio tonight, and the warden says to me, don't forget, the kids got the uh, concert tonight at 7 o'clock. And my honest, true reaction was, man, that sucks for her because that sounds terrible. Well, it comes to find out that means my attendance was expected, and I, I was stunned by this. So, so the concert starts at 7. I was able to get out of the daughter that she probably won't go on until 7.45, so I can put in at least – so at least this will be a half-decent show, right? So, so you're right. all welcome for that. But then uh, – so after the first commercial break, I'll slide out, and I'll leave it to, to these the two show, mallet heads to go on. And the show will begin. Yeah. Well, well that, that could be, too, because we are, what, uh, 10 minutes into this thing and haven't said it anything yet whatsoever so have you been following it all rick this jordan addison to usc and nil deal a little this one this one might break the ncaa or at least the way they're trying to half-ass get away with everything right now i'm sure everybody but rick knows all about it but essentially still on pitch roster and, and i admit maybe i'm a little more bitter about this than i should be because it's you know the best position player on my my pit panthers team right however it appears he was actively recruited with millions they say upwards of three million na- so-called air quote name image likeness dollars to go to USC before he ever entered the transfer portal. He then entered the transfer portal after these these bids, I guess, for his services came in, and and rightly so. Us piss piss us yeah. pit fans are furious. I Freudian slip there, I guess. 
But, you know, kind of nationally, the story being now this is just, and maybe it's always like this with this open transfer market, everybody's just a free agent available to the highest bidder at uh, all times. Yeah. And, I mean, th- this is chaos. Th- this could be an absolute disaster. Well, you know, and it's really not surprising. It's what we talked about when this came about. You know, it's, oh, it's great for the athletes and so forth. No, it, it's the same. It's just going to be even more leverage for the power, power schools. Uh, well, certainly. The, the yeah. smaller conferences are going to have the same caliber of players and probably lose more, especially if, it, you know, say in Alabama or whoever, whatever sport it is, loses one of their guys to an injury. Well, gee whiz, Gonzaga's got a great guy. Right. Let's go after him. Yeah. You know, or whatever the case may be. Yeah, it, it's – I don't know. It, it's well, the NCAA is just a debacle anyway, and now it's just spiraling down like water through a drain. Yeah, and I mean the stories now is the NCAA wants to go after boosters, right? Because it isn't the schools offering this money, which, which I will never understand. Big of a fan of any team I am, we'll, we'll stick with Pitt. Pitt basketball—that's probably my favorite sports team that, that I that I follow. And that I watch. If I somehow, and probably through this show, now that we're number 18 on that that top 50 podcast list, we're working towards where I got 100 or 2 million laying around I got nothing else to do with. I can't fathom saying I'm going to take two or three million of them and pay some teenager to come play on my team. It just, the whole thing, that's weird to me. But this is, I always struggle with this, right? Let the players get what they can. You get yours, that's fine. It's this, I'm also not naive enough to believe that tampering as it is doesn't happen, right? When these oh, kids enter the transfer portal, you know, I don't think many are going to enter the transfer portal without knowing. Like Addison, I don't think any of this happens if somebody wasn't active. And this goes on all the time. And so I'm not going to be Pollyannish and pretend, like, you know, grip, grip my pearls that I'm so – clutch my pearls that I'm so appalled that this happened. You know, I get that. The, the more I've thought about I want the players to get theirs. I, I think I like the ability. I don't like the transfer portal as it is, but it makes sense for the player. You know, the coach can get up and walk away at any time. What I what I don't like with this more than anything, and I think where you get dangerous, and this becomes the wide, wild, wild west, this, this has become worse than pro athletics, right? It's if I'm the New England Patriots, I can't actively go recruit and take a player off the Houston Texans because they have a contract. They, they've signed right. a contract. Their, their rights belong to one team. So now you create this where now a player can go to the highest bidder at any given time with no recourse for anybody. It's I don't know how you get this genie back in the bottle. I mean, this is... Uh, you, you hate to be overdramatic. This could be – it's certainly at the end of college football as we know it if it's not just the end of true college football. Well, true college football hasn't been around for quite some time, quite frankly, and and even basketball. I mean, right. it, it's just – it's money. Uh, obviously, we know it's money. Where it all comes from is a very good question. I, I find it hard to – somewhere along the line, they have to – if you're some donor that all of a sudden you want to donate $2 million to some teenager to come and play for your alma mater, I mean, it makes no sense to me. Yeah. I, but somewhere along the line, they must be making something on the back end because it doesn't behoove people just to keep throwing millions and millions and millions of dollars at a school for no reward other than the fact that, you know, they have a winning team, but – so what? I mean, if they graduated 30 years ago, why does it matter? Well, that's what I always found odd. There was was Xavier Worthy. Was that his name? I wasn't familiar with him before the story came out. I think he ended up staying, oddly enough. But uh, was it him? Yeah, it was somebody was being recruited to go to the University of Texas. It's being offered $5 million was the report to go. And, I mean, so, again, and this was just some 97-year-old wealthy donor 
you know, especially, I guess in a basketball team, it made sense, right? If I could go out and pay a million, if I was a big Kentucky fan and I could go out and pay a million dollars for Oscar Shebway, you know, in basketball where one player can win you a national championship, Again, it sounds crazy to me, but that makes more sense than, you know, Jordan Addison was the Bolitnikoff Award winner, best wide receiver in college football, but he alone is not going to make USC even a contender for the playoffs, let alone a national champion. The the whole thing's craziness. I don't know. Yeah, I don't get it, Um, but but I think you're right. It's... It's just going to be what is this another pro league? I, I mean, well, it, obviously they're getting paid, and and that's where I think it's going, right? Because anytime anybody shows any flash of talent, they can even take the NIL part out of it. They can just get up and say, "All right, thanks for the memories. I'm out of here. I'm going to Alabama." Which again, in theory, I guess they should be able to do that. I think we're almost to the point where they have to identify, you know, for whatever reason, the NFL just won't create a true minor league, and and maybe that can't be done. Maybe you've got to take these top 20, 25 schools with all the money, carve them out. You know, it's the Wild West over there. You can go over there. You can switch games. Hell, you can switch sidelines in the middle of a game. We don't care. You do whatever you want. It's going to be like AAU, you know, for college football. Take your Alabama, your Ohio State, all those, USC, obviously, Texas, take those schools and have the rest have a true amateur amateur NCAA. I, I don't know what the solution is, but I don't know. I'm, it's good football in the end, and, and I'll bitch about it, and then I'll watch it every time. But it's a little tiresome, right, every year. Alabama, every year, Ohio State, Clemson. every year, Clemson. Every year, Oklahoma, and every now and again, one of them slips by a game in Cincinnati, something weird pops up. But at the end of the day, you're watching all this college football for ostensibly no reason. You know, it's like the NBA. Let's just jump to the conference finals because that's all that really matters. Exactly. And, you know, and and I've always complained about the the conference, especially the Power Five conferences, or or excuse me, the – other than the Power Five conferences, the the mid majors, where they were actually protecting some of the, a couple of their teams that would have these great seasons and then get upset in the conference tournament, you know, where because that that's the only way you can get an automatic right. bid from these conferences. Well, you know, if there's if they truly want to do that, you know, actually have a legitimate tournament like you said they should just take these power fives out i mean the conference tournament shouldn't have anything to do with it if if if, for example georgia tech is five and 20 in in, for the season they're not playing for the they can't play for the conference title all right or if they win it they're still not getting the auto exactly yeah right yeah. yeah but yeah they could do that i guess yeah if they win good for you you won the conference tournament, right? But you ain't yeah. going nowhere. You sit down, dummy. Yeah, <laughs> right. and that way, some of these other, at least some of these other ones, are protected. Of course, that had nothing to do with the transfer portal. I just getting off. It just seems like any aspect of like the excitement is just perverted somehow. Well, to advantage the big boys. Yeah. Period. Well, here's where it does impact exactly what you're saying, though, is is you you transition over to college basketball, is anybody at these mid-majors or these smaller conferences, these one-bid conference schools that shows an iota of competence the next year is leaving, you know, and it always made sense. If I could leave, you know, name one of these schools, you know, North Carolina A&T, if I could leave there and John Calipari wants me in Kentucky, absolutely. But now they're the point where they will leave there to go play at the middling Power Five conference schools, right? right? And so now that opens up to more people as those schools are able to draw people in, you know, further than, you know, with the Ken Palm rankings and the mathematical formula they supposedly use to fill the tournament. Now you're seeing more and more teams coming out of the Power Five conferences, which by proxy – 
makes every other conference a one-bid league because now you're going seven, eight, nine, ten deep in these major conferences because anybody with any true talent is coming in. So it's making, you know, within the ACC, within the Big Ten, within the SEC, making that more competitive because there's more better talent at the middle and at the bottom of the conference, but you're stripping all of that away from these smaller conferences, back to your point, making them all one-bid leagues. So you go out and you go undefeated in the you know in the big south what well who cares you you have four guys on your team who wouldn't start for some high schools in new york city you know what i mean so you know you can't put them in the tournament based on the metrics you've set and that's where i think what it comes down to do for me you know when i'm thinking about jordan addison and i mentioned about the pro sports and the contracts i think now when you're introducing this amount of money and the ability to leave simply for money, which, again, I think I'm good with, except for how it impacts the sports in my team. But now it's you're, you're to be treated like a professional, right? Now this is, you know, it's probably taxable income anyhow, but now you're coming there. I'm going to give you, I'm the big donor, I'm going to give you, Jordan Addison, $3 million to come to USC. You're signing a contract now. You're not going anywhere. Because let's not forget, I'm right. liking the pros. I lure you away to me for $3 million, and then you are fully within your rights to turn around and walk away again at the end of the year and get $4 million from Texas. I mean, now these guys, you know, we kind of, you know, in the beginning all this made sense because they were being taken advantage of by the schools and by the boosters and by the conferences and by the TV networks. Now they're getting theirs, and any reasonable person can argue they should be getting theirs. But, all right, now you're a professional, and now you're going to be treated as a professional and have the expectations of a professional, and that's where people are going to start crying foul, and I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it at all. No, I agree with you 100%. And, you know, like you said, it, it should be – say you commit to whatever, Mississippi State. We'll just say that, and, and you had a – Whatever, great freshman year, and all of a sudden you you had a, a deal with some places in Mississippi and this that and the other. You're making a few bucks, but then Ohio State, well, we want Rick Flagger. Most it, would. Yeah. Well, yeah, who wouldn't? Here's your three million bucks, right? You should not be allowed to transfer anywhere else, right? For the next three years. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you should not be able to go well. Yeah, Michigan, we we didn't win this year. You know, boy, if we had this guy, we might be able to beat Ohio State next year. You know, no, you can't do that. There's got to be some sort of stopgap measure to to stop just the, this this merry-go-round right. because this school's offered more money this year. Yeah. You know, what, what if he's a dud? What do they do? Do they say, well, you know, timeout, um, you know, Mr. Plummer doesn't want to, um, you know, have you on their commercials anymore. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying? Right. Or so Now he's going to transfer somewhere right. else where somebody else will pay him. And it's that – and now that's fine, right? You're out there, you're selling your services, but you're a professional athlete. So you don't have – you know, I, I think you go to a school with big NIL money, then you're not taking a scholarship, right? You know, if somebody's paying you $3 million, right. you can go Why ahead and you pay your own scholarship. Money. Yeah, what right. do you need – I mean, there's a lot of ways you can do this, and I and, keep and in my maybe hold some of these, you know, so you know these name name images and likenesses is supposedly coming from car dealerships, you know, to put them on commercials and so forth. Right. Hold them to it, okay? If you're going to offer, it's not for a year, it's not for the sophomore year, right? It's for the rest of it's rest of the duration mm-hmm. at the school, yeah. Whether he's playing or not, you're going to pay him, and he's going to be on your commercials. They might be a little more careful of just throwing it out yeah. there. Well, oh, let's get player X, and if he doesn't work out, we'll get rid of him. And, you know, we just won't have him for the next year, and we'll go get somebody right. pay somebody else. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't, I don't have the solution, and, you know, 99.5% even of the major sport athletes at major conference schools – you know, aren't necessarily in this full situation. Yeah, you know, I don't know. Is the solution all the NIL deals come through the school, right? And the school has a pool of money, and it's distributed however they set forth. If Rick Briggs is the face of my program and you're doing 80% of my commercials, you get a bigger cut. Right. But it's spread out across the team, the athletic department, what it is. There's got to be a way to curb this. And, you know, it's bad in, in football, but basketball is ridiculous. There's a kid, you know anything about Parker Stewart? 
I don't. I know the name, okay. but I don't know much about so, him. So, so he was his dad was a coach. I I could be wrong. I might be getting this wrong. It's one of the directional Tennessee schools. I don't think it was Middle Tennessee. Maybe it was East Tennessee, something like that. Right. So he went out. His dad was a coach there. He went out and he played for them. He had a good year. He left and he transferred to Pitt. And he played there for a year, and like everybody who comes to Pitt for a year says, well, this <laughs> yeah. is stupid. So then yeah. he transfers to Indiana. And then he plays two years in Indiana. Now he's transferring back to that first school where his dad coached. So this is his fifth year in college football, college basketball and playing for his fourth team. That can't happen. No, that, that's exactly. ridiculous. That's yeah. absurd. Yeah, you maybe transfer once. You know, if you go to transfer a second time, you get out of sit out of here. But this kid might be 45 years old because he started this transferring before you could just move. So he's sitting out seasons all the time. Right. I, he might be my age at this point. I have no idea. That's the type of stuff. Forget even beyond the nil that's the stuff you have to curb it's become laughable and it used to be while they're taking advantage of these poor kids you know they practice and play and play you know and they're trying to get an education which gee whatever happened to the education part of all this stuff well that was always a lie anyhow but, but that's the point though it's not even college basketball you could be transferred to a school that doesn't even have your major. Well, <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, well he was going to be a nuclear physicist, but now he's transferred trans- his major to nursing. And next year, he's going to be you know, agriculture. I mean, what the hell? I mean, well, one thing I always said I would be all right with if these guys, especially the, the top level guys that have pro aspirations true let them major in basketball my major is basketball you know take some underwater basket weaving classes you know to to further their their background and whatever some general education but quit making them you know how many communications majors are out sports medicine like anything sports medicine are you high what are we doing my major is everybody goes to college to find their next career right so college basketball or football players most specifically are going to college to get their professional football career so that's your major i know it you know it enough with the fake stuff and then you don't have that north carolina scandal and you don't have all this nonsense that goes on with it let's just be honest about what this is but i think at a certain level this is pro sports and so i think the double-edged sword with this for the players where they're finally getting theirs and the system was unfair and it was built on the backs of these kids for a long time right and now they got the power back but like always right we have to swing everything now 180 degrees the other way and make it better so now you want to be a pro you're fitting to get treated like a pro now and pros have restrictions Pros have contracts. Pros have collective bargaining agreements. These things need to start happening. It just can't be this Wild West where I could play the first quarter for Pitt and then hop on a bus and be to Penn State by the start of the third quarter out there, and I just play for Penn State, and I got a million dollars in my pocket now. And this is where we're heading. Yeah, and and it's so – the whole scheme of everything is so sad. You know, you look at college football, and – you get you get to a bowl game that, that has no championship national championship implications, you know. Then you see these schools, the major stars. Well, I'm skipping the bowl game. Yeah, yeah, I don't. Like I don't. I, I don't like it, but I don't blame them. Mm-hmm. Okay, but it, but then again, it it shows how sad it is because number one, the guy has say it's just one player that that's leaving. He has you know 22 other guys that he has fought you know, and bled with all season long, and they got a shot, okay, most of these guys, this is their only shot maybe to win an Orange Bowl or whatever the case is. See ya. Two in the air. Yeah. Deuces. And like I said, I don't blame them, but it just shows the whole sad state of, you know, it just doesn't matter to anybody, anything, any institution, television. It just doesn't matter. And and it's really sad. And UT Martin was what it was. UT Martin. Oh, yeah. Okay. Tennessee Martin. Right. All right. Well, I got to get out of here. I am going to jump right ahead to the Chop Shop ad. I want to get that one in. But make sure, because Dummy certainly can't play commercials and intro, outro music. The whole thing will come crashing down. So make sure to check out Dead Sled Coffee. Go over there, buy some good coffee. But right now, I will talk to you next week. These two rum dums will be back right after this when we, we learn about some sandwiches.
like to take this opportunity to tell you about our sponsor and friends, the Chop Shop in Butler, Pennsylvania. The Chop Shop is leading the way in the western Pennsylvania area for good eats. With fresh menus, great specials, in-house made desserts, and the recently added iced tea, lemonade, and milkshake bar, you're sure to find something to fulfill that craving or hankering, and even a little something extra for that sweet tooth. Yep, they even have gluten-free and vegetarian options as well. You know, between Facebook, Google, Yelp, and TripAdvisor, they average 4.7 out of 5, and that's over a 10-year span, so they are consistently killing it. You can check them out on Facebook, but also at ChopShopButler.com. Or do yourself a favor and visit them at 108 North Main Street, Butler, Pennsylvania. And tell them Flieger and Briggs sent you. That's right. Tell them Flieger and Briggs sent you. Welcome back to Chaos and Disorder. Mr. Flieger, half show suspension because of some foul manners before the show in studio. And uh, Alejandro, you had to put the hammer down and say enough's enough. Yeah, I figure it's uh, good for the goose, good for the duckling. That's the right one, right? Nah, yeah. it's waterfowl, I well, guess. Yeah, yeah, pheasants and yeah. Cornish game wood, hens, wood ducks, and everything else. But uh, yeah, anyway, welcome back. So, did you um, watch the draft? I watched some of it. Um, I watched the PMI draft spectacular, where they were getting the draft picks probably a good minute before they were actually even made. It was fantastic. Um, but I was surprised. I, I thought it was kind of the opposite of what Flieger had said last week where, you know, nothing happens at the draft and there's no big moves and, you know, it's pointless and rabble, rabble, rabble. And Yeah, and I was <laughs> the ones – I really thought it was going to be an interesting jab, and I was right. It was – Oh, yeah. Lots and lots of movement and trades and weird picks too. I thought. Well, it took uh, in what some so instances was it like the sixth pick? It was like once somebody traded, it was like then there's another trade, then there's another trade, and another trade. Yeah, it was it was one of the most um, off the wall drafts I've ever seen. Actually, one team that I thought did okay. Believe it or not, is the New York Football Giants. You know, with that fifth and seventh pick, you know they pick uh, Kayvon Thibodeau and Evan Neal, and no trades there. Nope. I, I was kind of surprised in a, yeah. in a way, but you know, if you think about it, like the like the AJ Brown trade. Uh, you look at like Jamar Chase and some of these other rookie receivers. Does it really make sense to get a high dollar guy when there's a nice crop of them out there for for the taking? Well, I, I mean, I feel that getting some of that uh, veteran leadership in there, like he's been around, he's a solid wide receiver when he's out there. That um, they're giving Hurts enough to see if he's worth it, and if not, then Strong comes in, and I'll tell you what I. I have high expectations when, not if, when he comes in for the Eagles. Providing those knees hold up. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the biggest worry with him. But Hollywood Brown, uh, poor Lamar Jackson. <laughs> I mean, you got Mark Andrews and the other the opposing defense to throw to now. Yeah. Well, they. Uh, what was the rookie last year that got hurt? I want to say Perryman. That's not it. Uh, or is it? No, Perryman's long gone. You know who I'm talking about, the rookie that was Boyd, there. wasn't it? No, 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 no. What the hell was his name? If only we had a producer here to look that up. Nonetheless, um, between him and Andrews, I, that's it. Yeah. And so, Lamar, run. Yeah. And it looked like Lamar was a little bit banged up last year. And I don't know. I mean, I still think Baltimore made some good picks with uh, – you know, especially on defense, I think they're going to be bagged. Look, they were banged up. They lost two of their running backs, oh, yeah. I think, even before the season started yep. and just tried to make it through piecemeal. Their defense was still pretty good, even though it was banged up. Pittsburgh defense pretty good. I'm, I'm just kind of going through those divisions. Cincinnati went to the Super Bowl. Yep. Cleveland still has all the parts and pieces. Now they have Deshaun Watson if he's going to play, which is going to be 
Lord Goodell's next move, I guess. What, what I'm kind of hoping for is they get uh, Baker out of town, and then Goodell lays down a six-game suspension. Quit hitting that thing. Sorry. Six-game suspension, and then yeah, maybe it ends up being a whole season, and the Browns end up being the Browns. Which they probably will anyway, somehow. <laughs> True. Yeah, adding Deshaun Watson, probably not going to change things in Cleveland. No, I mean, it certainly should. Should. And it was Rashad Bateman, by the way. Yes, Bateman. I knew it was a B, but just the name escaped me there. Uh, Who else? Um, Houston, so many needs. It doesn't really matter. They could have picked anybody. Right. You know, so hopefully, you know, some of their picks work out. I hate to see some teams keep wallowing. I like to see them improve. Other teams, I love to see wallow. Yep. Um, Detroit's one of them. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't... nothing against Detroit. Just something about the Lions. Yeah, I, I think they did okay. They didn't do great with the draft, but um, you know, after that first pick, it was kind of downhill. But, I mean, Jameis Williams, Jameson Williams pick for no, the Lions? Is that what you're talking no, about? No, their, their first one, which uh, uh, number two overall, oh, Aiden Hutchinson. That's right. I did forget about that. Yes, Aiden Hutchinson, yes. And then Jameson Williams. Yep. I forgot. Yeah, they yep. did have two in the first round. I I did not get the uh, Jam- Jameis one. Like, why not, not the player I would have gone for there. But, hey, you know, Detroit. It if is Detroit, but Jared Goff does need weapons. Yeah, I just think there was there was better wide receiver options um, at that point. Would you have taken Pickens ahead of him? No, no. Okay. I, honestly, uh, is Sky Moore? Maybe. And here's that's a guy that went after Pickens, I believe, yeah. who went yeah. to Pittsburgh, and that was a second round pick. Um, Traylon Burks, I would have taken ahead of him. Yeah, yep. Quite frankly, but anyway, I thought it was an interesting draft. It's going to be really interesting to see how some of these teams supplement with what free agents are still out there. Yeah, I mean, OBJ is still out there, Landry's still out there, Julio. Well, Julio just needs to hang it up. But I'll right. tell you what, you bring Julio into a locker room that has all young wide receivers. Might not be a bad idea. Get him back on, like, I, I don't know if Julio, of all people, would play for a veteran minimum, but get him in on a lower prove-it contract if he'd go for it. He doesn't he didn't strike me as one of those types of guys. No, no. But, you know, put him up in Green Bay. Take him to the Colts. You know, something like that. We'll find out. We will. Should be interesting. Kyler Murray. Oh, he's got to be just rip-roaring, ready to go. Get Hollywood out there. Yeah. Yeah. It... I, that, that's, that's, that was a strange move, I thought. However, Hopkins and Hollywood Brown are a pretty nice little duo to have. Well. Now that Christian Kirk's out of town. Yeah, but Hopkins, he's out, what, the first six games with the uh, PED violation? That's true. However, he That'll should probably... be healthy yeah completely by then <laughs> it'll be out of his system by then but i mean they always appeal <laughs> yeah. it and it gets dropped to like three or four games so. right but yeah i bet you got speed and freak athleticism as a combo i'll take it all day yeah you plus and me you, both plus you got Ertz underneath you know yeah and james I, connor yep who's I, now that he's out of pittsburgh can stay healthy <laughs> and is an effective running back apparently um you know they I think they might be a leading contender next year, not just for conference championship, but Super Bowl. Tough division. Save uh, Seattle. Yeah, I was going to say that you lose one with Russ leaving and, you know, Pete Carroll drafting another running back, so he's really going with a platoon aspect up there. Um, the defense is a bucket with a whole bunch of holes in it. But, yeah, so it's down to the big three there. It is, and, and it should be interesting. Um, 
I just hope Kyler Murray's happy and he can get the locker room back because it was so abrupt, so childish. <laughs> um, I seriously thought he was going to baseball. I, I thought he was walking out and just going to the A's the, the way he was acting. He still might after. I mean, he still doesn't have his contract. I just, I just can't see that. He's just not a baseball type of guy. I don't know. He's so hyper. <laughs> yes, very hyper. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can't see him standing wherever he played at left field. I think he was second base. Could be. Maybe shortstop. Either way. Yeah. Yeah, well. But how do you feel about uh, old Kenny being Mitchell's backup? Yeah. I don't know how long they'll keep him on the bench. Maybe Trubisky will get, you know, the go-ahead, the green light for a year. I don't know. And and let Pickett learn. But it seems like everybody says he's NFL ready, you know, Kenny Pickett. Personally, I, I want to, I'd like to see Trubisky get the reins and say, this is your team this year, yeah. no matter what. A hundred percent on that. And looking back, how many um, NFL-ready college quarterbacks can you name that came right out of college into the NFL day one starter and just tore it up not many a few that's it and considering this was considered one of the worst quarterback draft class in decades yeah he's not ready and even with him you know with him and Trubisky I still feel with either one of them much more confident in the quarterback's ability to get the ball down the field accurately if somebody happens to be open than they had the last couple of years with Ben. Agreed. And hopefully – Obviously, the mobility is going to be there for both of them yeah. over Ben as well. So, yeah, I think we have an upgrade at that quit hitting that <laughs> <laughs> in, in, in Pittsburgh quarterback position, no matter who they start. Minus Mason. He doesn't count. <laughs> he's he's not a quarterback. No, no. Um, I what I think they should do with Mitchell is like you said, tell him right off the bat, this is your season. The only way Pickett's coming in is if you're injured or you throw. Was it five interceptions one time with Chicago, but then he turned around like two yeah. weeks later and threw six touchdowns or something like that. Right. So don't throw ten interceptions in two games. Don't lose three games in a row. Right. And we should be good. Yeah. And then next year, he's here on a two-year contract. Use him for trade bait. You know, there's going to be a team out there that needs a veteran quarterback. And trade him off. Keep picket. There you go. Exactly. Or he seemed to um, relish the fact he was a backup behind Josh Allen last year. Maybe he would be fine with that. Who yeah. knows? Who knows? I mean, and tr- truly, the contract he's on, that's a fine contract as a backup quarterback. No doubt. Yeah, so no matter what they do, as long as they don't do the wishy-washy Miami thing with Tua and Fitzpatrick or years and years of what Washington's done or, you know, any of those fantastic organizations that don't know how to groom a quarterback. One thing that Green Bay did do was actually went and got a wide receiver. And they got a damn good one. Yes. But they didn't get a first-round one. Nope. Nope. Which still goes back to however many years ago that was now. Yeah, four or five. Oh, way past, way, way past that. Um, but anyway, you know, they, they actually went with defensive line in the first round, and Aaron Rodgers had to have been just <laughs> comb and putting his sunglasses on and, and thinking he was going back to Jeopardy. I mean, I don't know. It, it, like I said, I I think they got a great wide receiver. I think he should have been higher than uh, where he was picked at, but, you know, Green Bay's got to be happy with it. Aaron's got to be happy with that, but – should have got a legit elite wide receiver. The fact that uh, 
I mean, who they got? Lazard and oh, I guess they have Sammy Watkins now and Tunyon. There's your leading targets. Yeah. In Green Bay. But no, Watson. I think he's going to be good. I mean, six foot five, about almost two hundred and ten pounds. Randy Mossish, in a way, you yeah. Know, as far as yep. build, I mean, certainly not the ability yet, but um, he is tall and he's fast and he's rangy. So, you I, know, Aaron Rodgers is one of those guys that, you know, that's the type of receiver for a guy like because he's pinpoint accurate. Yep. If he can get up over the defender. Like he probably can at six foot five, and with his ability, you know they could be deadly. Oh yeah, I I don't think he is a one for one replacement for Devonte Adams in any sort, but I think the kid's got tons of potential and will surprise a lot of people this year. And he's fast. He's extremely fast. Very fast for yes. how big he is. So. The draft is over. Now we'll just have to wait for, uh, you know, the rest of the free agents and training camp to start, and I'm ready. Are you trying to say that you're you're bored? You don't have anything to watch right now? No, I'm ready for the football season. No, I mean, we got NHL playoffs now. Wait, the football season? Because football's going on right now. Are you telling me it's time for our new segment? Hey, I mean... It's probably not that far out of the realm of possibility that we hit top 20 once the weekly USFL. We already are top 20. We're 18. Right. That we made it into that. Oh, because of that episode. Is that what you're saying? Yep. Well, let's put it on. All right. It's it's, um, Alejandro's USFL. Weekly breakdown. (laughs) Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Week 3 brought you Tampa Bay at Houston, Tampa Bay 27, Houston 26, Jordan Tayamo with 255 yards passing and one touchdown, 29 yards rushing and a touchdown, Clayton Thorson, 240 yards passing and two touchdowns. Tampa Bay, keep an eye out for them. They're plus 470 to win the championship. New Jersey at Philadelphia. New Jersey 24, Philadelphia 16. New Jersey's combo of Williams and Victor. 161 yards rushing and two TDs. Philadelphia played just enough to keep it interesting, but New Jersey still coming out on top. We're going to skip ahead to... Please. Birmingham at New Orleans, but also at Birmingham. Tell you what, Rick, it was a... Near sellout crowd for this game. In Birmingham. In Birmingham. Imagine that. But keep in mind, it was New Orleans' home game. In Birmingham. In Birmingham. All 4,122 seats. Nearly sold out. Birmingham comes out on top of the undefeated game 22-13. In Birmingham. In Birmingham. In part to Birmingham's stellar defense. And the crowd support. Oh, the crowd support. In Birmingham. In Birmingham. Jamar Smith, 15 for 38, but was very efficient with those 15 completions and 197 yards and two touchdowns. The person to keep an eye out in this game was Marlon Williams, standout wide receiver, did all the little things, but also came up with a touchdown. Kyle Sloter throwing floaters, 24 for 47, 240, and two touchdowns. New Orleans kickers combined, missed an extra point, and multiple field goals. However, on the other side of the ball, Brandon Aubrey stays perfect. He should be on a team in the fall. In Birmingham. That game was in Birmingham, in fact, Mr. Briggs. And lastly, the game of the week. Pittsburgh at Michigan. In Birmingham. Birmingham. Pittsburgh still can't get the passing game going or the run game. Also, defense might need a new alternator because it's turning over but not getting anywhere. Pittsburgh still defeated utterly, miserably at 0-3. In Birmingham. (laughs) Michigan came out on top 24-0. Next week, we have Philadelphia Stars at Michigan. Panthers, both teams are 1-2. There is no spread right now. Imagine that. However, we're going to take Philadelphia 
never because we're on Western PA. So we are going to take Michigan Panthers. You get that at minus 110. Take the over, 36.5. New Jersey Generals, 2-1 at Pittsburgh Maulers, 0-3. Again, no spread. We're sticking with the Maulers because they got to win one, right? No. Just one. No. Just one for no. plus 340. Also, take the over at 35.5 because if the Maulers don't win, they're going to get crushed. Tampa Bay Bandits at Birmingham. Literally at Birmingham. The 2-1 and one Tampa Bay Bandits. The Birmingham Stallions at 3-0. Take Birmingham giving 3.5 at minus 175 and the over of 41.5. I'll tell you why. Birmingham is rolling. In Birmingham. In Birmingham. How about the Houston Gamblers at New Orleans? In? I thought we were done. Nope. Oh. In Birmingham. (laughs) Take... Houston, because I'll tell you what, Sloater is floating them. Gamblers at plus 170 and take the under at 41.5 because this game is going to stink. In Birmingham. That's all I got for the USFL. We'll see you next week. Thrills. Unless it folds in Birmingham. Boo! It can't fold in Birmingham. (laughs) (laughs) Why not? I don't know. I really don't know. But, man, I'll tell you what. What a a weekend it was for the USFL. Everything you could have hoped and dreamed for. Stellar quarterback play. Running. Just uh, unstoppable running backs and defenses that were stout. I'm sorry, but, you know, I was kind of interested in the triple overtime victory the Pittsburgh Penguins had on the New York Rangers in the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs. I don't know how you can even compare the two. NHL fever playoff for exactly. Birmingham <laughs> football? I agree. <laughs> and right now, Curly, as we speak, the Carolina Hurricanes with a one-game to zero lead over the Boston Bruins actually lead game two, two to nothing in the first period. Leafs and Lightning are scoreless in the first. Uh, Toronto leads one game to none, and the Blues have a one-game to none lead on the Wild. They haven't started yet, and Pittsburgh does not play tonight, but. The Kings and the Oilers do. The Kings with a one-game-to-none lead, but they play much later. And um, should be interesting. I just don't know who to take. Pittsburgh, to me, was so – and I couldn't even stay up for the for the whole thing. I tried, but, man, I was dying. Um, 79 saves for it's New insane. York Rangers, and they lost. <laughs> Um, broke the previous record, I think, of 56 saves from the 1962 divisional playoff game or something <laughs> way back when. So beat it by a few. Huh? Yeah. A couple Exactly. But a 4-3 win. And the, and the Penguins, I'll tell you what, if if they can get by the Rangers. Cool. That's a big if. That is a big if. But it, it is a murderer's row in the East. But Pittsburgh playing good hockey. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I know I've been infatuated with the USFL and can barely peel my eyes away from the screen. And I'll tell you what, the follow-up highlight shows just constant on CBS and Fox. But, um, yeah, this, it's playoff hockey, and anybody can win and anybody can lose. But, man, I'm, I am so impressed with the Pens right now. I, I'll be honest, I was counting them out weeks ago. Yeah, I was too, and especially the way it was lining up. I mean, they turned in a good season. Um, And they ended up with a sixth seed in the East. But, you know, as we've seen with with some of these teams, uh, the Edmonton Oilers making the Stanley Cup Finals from the eighth seed and and so forth, anything can happen. Um, But right now, the Avalanche, they're the best team in hockey, number one seed in the West. They lead the Predators one game to none. 
Capitals actually leading the Panthers, who are the number one seed, one game to none, but that's why they play seven. Pittsburgh leads one over over the Rangers, who we just mentioned, and the Flames lead the Stars by one game to none. So, you know, I was intrigued by the Flames, but there's just really, other than Colorado, though, to me, in the West, it just doesn't seem to be anybody that that holds that stacks up to the East. They're just no. team after team. Yet we see teams like Colorado or St. Louis. Yeah. You know, they seem to get hot and throw it together. But um, I tell you what, that East is just gruesome. I mean, you got Carolina, you got uh, Florida Panthers. You know, the Capitals. The Capitals, the eight seed. I mean, you know, a perennial powerhouse. The Penguins, the Rangers, the Bruins. It is on and on. It, it's going to be tough. I can't wait. It, it's tough out there. It's like the USFL South. It, oh, you just God don't sakes. know who's gonna who's gonna. Yeah, Honestly, the 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 stars. I, I think you keep an eye on them. I think they could uh, end up pulling that one off. Well, they're going to have to get it going because they're down one game to none to Calgary. You probably don't want to go down to none, but um, yeah, Dallas is. Um, Interesting. I, I I thought they were going to make a bigger splash probably a month and a half ago. And it, I, then all my focus just keeps going to the east. You know, obviously because Pittsburgh's there and right. we're in the area. but um, and, and you start paying more attention to them. But Toronto, um, an- another one we failed to mention. It's just it's so many good teams. And they play the – the stifling type of, you know, some of those teams oh, yeah. play that stifling type of, of defense, which isn't to Pittsburgh's liking. But, but you know, the last, I'm going to say probably about the last two or th- two and a half weeks of the season, I saw, at least in my opinion, watching Evgeny Malkin. He seemed to get that little nasty streak that we saw a few years ago back in, and he kind of looked like the old – Gino that we're used to seeing back in the day yeah plus that little suspension in there too and but yeah yeah he's definitely um getting that playoff mean streak in him yeah and they're gonna have to have it there's no doubt about that but um I don't know it's hard to just go into these because I don't have a clear-cut favorite I like Colorado in the west obviously and I guess I'm still going to have to go to the Flames. I hate going one and two, but I like Toronto in the East. I like Pittsburgh in the East, and quite frankly, I like the Hurricanes too. So, I, I'm I'm going with the Stars, and uh, I'm going to be a homer with the Pens if they get past the Rangers. Um, think they will? I think it 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 might go the distance. I think but, it's seven games all written all over, to be honest with you. And it'll be back and forth. And one night you'll have a heart attack. The next night you'll have a double, triple. Just triple, uh, double. Triple, double. Double, triple. Triple, triple. But we got about two minutes left. You got anything else to cover here? Hmm. I don't, I don't think. You have See, any... since now that we're live, we have, to, we have to stay on schedule here. So we don't want to. Uh... I mean, we have an hour and two minutes. No, we don't. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yes, we go on for ninety minutes. Yes, uh, if we want to. That's right. But yes, um, I honestly don't have anything other than, you know, USFL. Unless you got some good stories. I did have a good story, but it's probably not. Shouldn't be told. <laughs> Fair. So, <laughs> so we can just talk about Johnny Depp and Amber Heard and. Do you actually pay attention to that? No. I, I just get the snippets for, via social media and, you know. I mean, what actually is going on? Is it some sort of, like, billion-dollar lawsuit or divorce settlement, or what is it? I think both. Um, there was a divorce settlement and then a um, defamation, not defecation, even though that apparently occurred. Um, yes, I did hear that. Lawsuit. You know, just not knowing anything about the case and not hearing any of the testimony because I could care less about it. I really have come to the conclusion 
over the last few years, seeing some of the stuff that he has said and some of his weird commercials and stuff that he's making, that Johnny Depp's insane. <laughs> so it came out in the, the hearing that Captain Jack Sparrow, if you've watched Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, that was his own brainchild. And he said at the at court that a little bit of Captain Jack is him. So is that an excuse or is that... I think it's just art imitating life. Okay, then what part of his life is that stupid cologne commercial where he's out in a desert with painted fingernails digging a hole and looking at a cactus or something. I mean, it was just totally bizarre. Wasn't that even a Super Bowl commercial? I don't know. Uh, yeah, that, But I think he is crazy. Very plausible. And I did see that one, um, I can't remember the name of the movie, where he was an author. And the guy came to the door of his cabin. Of course, you know, all these author movies, they always go to some secluded right, cabin right. so they can write. And some guy knocks on the door claiming that he stole his story. Yes. It was um, John Turturro. Yes. And it was something window? Secret window? The secret window. Yeah. Yes, that's what it was. And... Of course, you know, spoiler alert if you've never seen it, he he's insane, and he was the killer, <laughs> and he did it all. Not the the country hick that claimed he stole a story. Right. Johnny Depp's the nut. Shocking. Amazing. Weird and wild. Yeah, it, but, you know, isn't it kind of like a generic spin off of The Shining in a way? Oh. Not exactly, obviously. I mean, The Shining was so much better. I. I think Mrs. Finkelstein's going to be really mad at me for this one, but I want to say that the secret window is Stephen King. Really? I think. Then why is he writing the same story, basically? Because he makes millions. Why wouldn't you? Good point. <laughs> you know, didn't he? He wrote Shawshank. It was yep. like a little, little short story or something. They turned it into a full-length feature. I think so. But yeah, I, I know he. Or wrote... The Shining was a short story. One of the two. I can't remember what it was. No, Shining's... I think. Yeah, that's a full-length novel, right? Yeah. yeah. Shawshank Redemption, I think, was the short story. Mrs. Finkelstein, if you're listening live, call us in at 215-383-3840 and talk Stephen King with us. And We're I'm sure Mrs. Finkelstein has nothing better to do but to listen to the person she just walked out, <laughs> leave out the back door just to listen to him talk to somebody else. Right. Right, right. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely not tending to little Finkelstein. No. 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 Who's probably rolling around the floor with the dog, yeah. picking up stuff off the kitchen floor. Yeah. Good chance. Good chance. But, yeah, that's all I got on uh, Stephen King. Sorry. Yeah, I thought you were better than that. Uh, I I never got into his books. I always wanted to. I always wanted to read The Stand, and uh, that whole fifth grade reading level was just not working with Stephen King books. Yeah, I wasn't a big Stephen King reader. Um, however, I did enjoy some of his, you know, obviously The Shining, the movie, uh, Shawshank, It was pretty good yep. movie. Till the end, it was like a spider. I mean, I thought that was weird. <laughs> I mean, how could this be this, like, eternal clown? You know, they saw him in all these old right. photos and everything. It turns out to be a spider. Weird and wild stuff. Yeah, but that doesn't even make sense. I mean, why couldn't it have been like a little green guy, you know, with antennas that, you know, lives for centuries or something like that? Nanu Nanu? That's Mork. Yeah. But, you know, what can I say? Oh, who was who was the one? Wasn't Mork? Um, he had the antennae that slowly popped out of his head. It was on Nick at Night as well i don't know all right i'll work on that for the next show <laughs> please do <laughs> supplement your usfl no dribble. no no man these barn burners this week <laughs> i bet you watched them all uh, every single one of I them i bet you did i watched film on of every yes. play multiple angles both cbs and fox um te teams are calling in to have us review 
their film. Where are they calling in from Birmingham? Uh, yes, okay. yes. The the main headquarters for each team in Birmingham. In Birmingham. Yes. In other words, some guy sitting in front of a locker yeah. eating chicken salad. You know what? I think I'm going to piss off Mitch and see if he'll send me to Birmingham this time. Maybe I'll get their front row seats for games. Yeah, but you'll be naked and in a box. I mean, there's far worse things. Yeah? <laughs> Could be Columbia. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Well, let's get out of here. All right, all right. I guess I should uh, cue up said uh, outro music. Indeed. But thanks for joining us. Um, you know, like we said, thank you for all the support making us number 18 on Podcast Magazine's Hot 50. Keep it up. Please vote. Podcastmagazine.com. And uh, we thank the Chop Shop and Dead Sled Coffee for bringing you this. And um, Mr. Finkelstein, it was nice having so much of your input from the USFL from Birmingham in tonight's show. we got to make sure that uh, when this gets posted, we tag the USFL so they know that we are the podcast for the USFL. I not sure I'm all on board with that. I mean, it's probably got about three weeks left. No, there's like five more weeks left. Yeah, planned. Right. But it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen. It'll happen. Okay. All eight teams in Birmingham. You you should have seen the crowd. 4,122 in Birmingham. Like I said, a near sellout. Yeah, almost crushed the high school wooden bleachers, right? They are aluminum, thank you. Okay. They stepped up this season. Yeah. Lightning strike conductor in Birmingham. 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 All right. Well, thank you very much. We are Flieger and Briggs. Flieger had to take it out early to go to a chorus recital. Imagine Rick Flieger at a chorus recital. <laughs> that will haunt your dreams forever. <laughs> but we are Flieger and Briggs. This is Chaos and Disorder. Thanks. Take care. Hasta luego. Thank you for using Blog Talk Radio. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.